0: Good morning. I feel like a lot of the podcast episodes lately have been about random different topics that may or may not seem to uh, form a coherent whole. So I thought I'd just recap A, what the intention is of this podcast and B, what some of the habits are that are the more practical habits. So the intention of this podcast, I am on a mission. I've given myself a a, a task or a a job or I don't know. I've just decided. I've decided that I want to have a to live a deliberate life and to create the future me that I want and that I have chosen as opposed to passively arriving there without any um, having made any conscious decisions along the way. So the analogy would be of a boat that's just floating around on the ocean and happens to land at this island and happens to land at that landmass and this happens and that happens rather than that to be no, I want to go to that island over there. I don't want to go to the other ones. I prefer that one and that's where I'm going to steer my boat. So that is what I'm doing for me personally Um, and what that looks like is me being healthy and fully functional into my old age and then dropping dead at some point, but dropping dead just because I got old and without that period of 20, 30, 40 or 50 years that generally precedes death, which involves this decrepitude, loss of function, loss of dignity, loss of power over one's own life. So that's me. And in the wider context, I also want to share that process. And the reason I want to share that process is because I see a lot of people going down that route of the decrepitude and the the future self that hasn't been deliberately chosen, that's just happened accidentally. And in that, I see a lot of suffering. And if my sharing of my process can help alleviate some of that suffering, I want to be of service in that way. I want to share what I'm doing because it may, inspire or inform or support other people to do the same thing? It may not and there are plenty of people around the world who are doing the same thing as I'm doing or something like it who have done a far better job and who are much more advanced on that journey and who have got different ways of doing it and so my offering is not going to be of any value to everyone but I hope that it's going to be of value to some people and whether that's one person or 20 or 200,000 doesn't really matter if I've been of service to even one person then I'll think that it's been a life worth living. That's the intention of the podcast. What are the habits so far? eat real food is the first one and that does look different. There's different ways of interpreting that and the different ways of interpreting that tend to revolve around which plant foods to eat because plant foods all present both benefits and challenges. They contain nutrients and they bring us pleasure and joy and there's a social component but they also contain anti-nutrients and toxins and so a lot of Science and experimentation and individual variation is involved in the choice of which plant foods to eat. With animal foods, there's not that much variation. It's categorically clear that human beings thrive on animal foods and that um, they're full of nutrients, and there's not that much, um, there's not as many pitfalls to be aware of. But the combination of those two things, I don't want to go on about diet in detail. Um, it's clear that certain foods are toxic to just about everyone, such as highly processed, refined carbohydrates um, and sugars. And even that is, uh, you know, it does depend on the quantity. It depends on the pre-existing state of health of the person. Um, vegetable oils would be another one I don't think there's anyone alive who benefits from vegetable oils there are people who can get away with having them in their diet um, but no one's actually getting something positive out of them so that's eat real food the other one is have the next one is have a movement practice and almost any movement practice is of some benefit but just like nutrients some movement practices come with benefits and toxins. Um, if what you're doing for your main form of exercise is cycling long distances, then sure, you're getting some benefits. But you better be aware of all the downsides of that as a form of movement practice, as, as your main or only form of movement practice, and then you'd have to scientifically balance it with other things, just as you have to be careful when you're on a more plant-based diet that you actually get your nutrients. You can't just, oh, I'm eating plants, that's all good. You have to pay attention to the micronutrients, the macronutrient ratios, which types of amino acids you're having. Well, similarly with movement practices, some are more globally nutritious and you don't need to scientifically examine which parts of your body you're moving, how often to um, to get the benefits. So more global movement patterns, are well, the ultimate Ultimate, of course is natural movement which can be found more formally described in the practice of MoveNAT, M-O-V-N-A-T, um, but anything heading in that direction is going to be good. There's also Katie Bowman as a reference for that and her book Move Your DNA. And then there's the rehab versions of those movements. So that if those things are beyond one's current capability, there are all the, well, I'll call them prehab. There are all the ways of um, breaking down those, perhaps bigger, more overall or overarching practices into something more manageable for those who have acquired dysfunctional movement patterns or less than efficient movement patterns and if we take our less than efficient movement patterns into doing too much even of natural movement we can create injuries and exacerbate our um, less than efficient motor patterns and so for that for me it's been dynamic neuromuscular stabilization and the Feldenkrais method and both of those have given me my movement patterns back. Not fully. I'm still working on it. Um, but I can now do more Move nat and I can now do more things in general because I've taken that on board. So habit one, eat real food. Habit two, move like a human. <laughs> eat like a human, move like a human. Um, number three would be respect your circadian rhythms. Your body needs to know when it's night and when it's day. And that needs to be very clear. Why? Because you secrete different hormones and other body chemicals specifically for that circadian rhythm. And if your body is not clear on whether it's day or night, then you will secrete your hormones in all the wrong ways, orders and amounts. And how do you tell your body? How do you make that clear to your body? You wake up at, Waking up time, you expose your skin and your retina to sunlight as early as possible in the morning for at least five or 10 minutes. You spend as much time as is practicable for you outdoors during the day, bearing in mind that you need to not get sunburned. And I say burned, I don't mean tanned, tanned is fine. Um, you have a screen curfew, so two hours before bedtime, and bedtime means about three hours after sunset or less or more because it depends on the season. And for that time, you have to have a screen curfew because all screens produce blue light. Blue light mimics sunlight and tells you that it's daytime. And blue screens, obviously, are phones, computers, TVs, etc. And you can either do that by actually having a curfew and not using the devices, or you can use that by wearing orange glasses, blue light filtering glasses. So during the day, um, if you're an indoor worker, you try and go outside because as soon as you're exposed to the sunlight, that's a signal that it's daytime. So that's, I mean, there's a lot more to circadian rhythm than that, but anyway, that's a start next one is have the sleep window that's kind of um implicit in the third one so we'll include that that means you go to bed at bedtime and you wake up at waking up time and you don't vary that too much it does vary incre- incrementally gradually because of the seasons but it doesn't it's not 10 p.m. one night 2 a.m. the next then 11 then 10:30. that you don't it's it's not jumping around all over the place and same with the waking up time and obviously the gap in between going to bed and waking up needs to be at least eight hours and yes everybody does need eight hours sleep there are some people who only need seven or seven and a half but that the people who claim to need three or four um it seems that scientifically that's Probably not true, and there are other things at play. And just to throw in there, if you can't sleep, if you have trouble falling asleep, if you have trouble staying asleep, it's a symptom. It's a symptom that something's not working and something's not right. And over time, you need to separately address what it is that's not working and that's causing that. But that's no reason to not follow the circadian rhythm. You can just lie in bed and practice meditation or relax or do calming things during the night time, even if you are a non-sleeper. Um, eat real food, move like a human, circadian, including sleep, exposure to, uh, oh, feet, feet, feet. Um, I only have minimalist shoes, barefoot style shoes and i don't wear them that often i wear them to work um i don't necessarily wear them to go to the supermarket but it depends because sometimes it's cold in there and it's not a very pleasant floor surface so sometimes i do i wear them when i go to restaurants and pubs but that's hardly ever i um may or may not wear them into people's houses you've got to do what's comfortable for you and yes I do consider take into account things like walking around urban environments barefoot because I don't like the idea of picking up particles of god knows what bits of tyre and bits of diesel fumes that have settled. So it depends on your environment but at the very least tra- transition to Minimalist shoes, and what does that mean? That means a wide toe box, zero heel, and a flexible sole. And at the very minimum, have at least a few minutes a day of barefoot on the earth. And be aware that while shoes are the principal source of incarceration, splinting, paralysis, and dysfunction of the foot, which affects the whole body, of course, Also, the surfaces you walk on are too. So, if you're walking only on flat, level ground, then you're not getting, you're not expanding the range of motion of your foot bones, foot joints, ankle joints, which has a knock on effect to knees, hips, etc. All of the above. And those would be my starting habits. The eat real food move like a human, respect your circadian rhythm and free your feet and I didn't want this episode to be a complete um, dissection of a multitude of things but I just wanted to bring it back to some sense of order because I know I've been going off on all sorts of tangents and I'm trying to bring them together little by little Remember, this is uh, a learning process for me, not not just the actual habit formation and adherence, but also the how to convey the message, how to express it to others. That is its whole whole learning journey of its own. So thank you for listening and um, enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope this has been of some value to you.